Hello and welcome to the first back live technically streaming. I mean, technically they're all recorded live, but like, you know, actually live to to the world. Um, recording a Space Time Taco. It's been a while. I said fuck it. I'm like, you know what? I don't care. We're doing it live. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Um, how you doing, Nate? I'm doing. We're going to do a thing right now. We're going to ignore the state of the world temporarily just to talk about us. Because <laughs> obviously, state of the world. Fuck. Um, but yeah, I just want to check in. See how you doing. And welcome to the 22nd sequel of the year 2000. 20 se- I don't think that's how it works. I think it's just the second sequel. No. Of the year 2000. Oh, of the year 2000. Okay. Yes. Okay. 22nd sequel to the... Alright. I guess. Sure. Um, I mean, if we're really going to go for it. Never mind. Uh, it's just been one continuous series. There's never been a sequel break. It's just been <laughs> continuous. Um, so the, what's wrong with the human race today? The series. Uh... But no, we're not. We're not. Well, I mean, we'll slightly dip into that with one of the news things because it's mm-hmm. fucking stupid. Um, but yeah, I don't, know. I don't know where to start. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with fun, or do you want to go? You know what? Fuck it. Let's let's go with. Normally, start with what we're playing, what we're reading, what we're watching. Let's go with um, news. Let's start with news today. All right. Let's go from bottom up. I want to go from, like... The, let's get the bat out. Let's just start on the... Well, the semi-bad here is... There were a lot of rumors over the past week about the Ukrainian pilot. Um, they were calling the Ghost of Kiev, who allegedly shot down numerous choppers and Russian fighter jets over Kiev and the Ukraine. Um... It turns out that a lot of the footage that we're seeing coming out of the Ukraine, footage of, you know, people fighting each other and all kinds of fighter jets and ships and whatever else going on is almost entirely fake and ripped from simulator video games. (laughs) Um, The Ghost of Kiev video where it shows allegedly a Ukrainian pilot shooting down a Russian fighter jet um, came straight out of a game called what was this game called again digital combat simulator which was a pc game released in 2013 free to play Um, hey i will have to give them credit if the quality of that game was good enough that people thought it was real yeah well it's it's i mean it's a pretty good looking game the footage itself comes from a youtube video of this that this guy posted and it looks realistic Mm-hmm. Because you're looking over a building, it looks like someone on the ground with, you know, a cell phone camera and vertical aspect, very shaky cam, filming up at this sort of dogfight that's taking place. Yeah. Um, and the cr- clouds and sky is rendered in such a way that, you know, in a low-res video, it's not really discernible from real life. Um, eventually, news came out that the guy had posted the video from the game. Um there were some, you know, typical media responses to it and things like that. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a short, sweet little news story that's tied into games, and that's the only reason I brought it up, because yeah. you have to be skeptical of the things you're seeing online and the news stories you hear these days, and this is one good reason to maintain that skepticism. <laughs> Don't believe everything you see. Um, you know. 
I'm not saying fake news because fuck the creators of that bullshit. Um, but kind of, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to describe. Discern, I guess. I don't know. Media. To, to take it. Yeah, I mean, as you know, don't be completely in believing everything, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, that's really the only thing I can say to people is just don't believe everything you hear, especially if it's happening, you know, halfway around the world in a place you've never been to before. Yeah. <clears throat> um. That's really all. <laughs> that's really all I can say about it without diving into some grittier details of the conflict. Yeah. Um. Yeah, which is which is why we're gonna move on to to uh, some more entertaining news, I guess. Um, I'm literally gonna go from I'm going bottom up technically, except I'm gonna move this one down to below that one, whatever. Um, so Nate, Super Bowl has happened. Wait, shit, have we talked since Super Bowl? Mm, maybe. I yeah. just don't think we ever talked about the Super Bowl. When when was the Super Bowl? That was. No, no, okay, yeah, Super Bowl happened. Yeah, okay, Super Bowl happened. We talked about the the trailer for Doctor Strange. Um, Superb Owl. Superb Owl. Uh, that was from Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, but no, uh, we got our first full trailer for Doctor Strange Mom, Multiverse of Madness. Um, and one of the big holy fuck moments was what has seemed to be the voice of Patrick Stewart, uh, a.k.a. Professor X, a.k.a. Charles Xavier. Um, Charles, what's his middle name? I feel like he should have a middle name. I know Damien's middle name is Xavier. So, in my head, it's Charles Damien Xavier, but I know that's not right. <laughs> um, but no. Uh, Francis is his middle name. Really? That's yeah. a shit name. I wish I didn't know that. Um <laughs> I mean, my, I'm Edward, so... Uh, yeah, Patrick Stewart has been asked now multiple times about the uh, his appearance in the um, series or movie. And uh, he, his responses ranged from uh, being asked, Oh, are you in Doctor Strange? And he says, Who's Doctor Strange? Uh to one of my favorites, which is him saying that people have been doing impressions of him for years. <laughs> so, he may or may not be in the movie. I mean, he's 99.9% in the movie. Um, but this kind of plays into something else I wanted to talk about. We are now in a weird position when it comes to actors being asked whether or not they're in things. Um mm -hmm. For the last over a year, Andrew Garfield has lied to everyone. To <laughs> everyone. Uh, great. I mean, like, inc he's a good liar. Um, uh, refusing to admit that he was in the newest Spider-Man movie. Um, sorry if you have not watched it. Uh, I feel like we are kind of out of that spoiler we're warning zone. Um, I think it's available to watch digitally at this point, maybe. Um, but no, uh, we now cannot trust actors when they say they are not in things. Um, he was so diehard against saying he was in this movie uh, that now when we have people like Patrick Stewart or uh, 
Ryan Reynolds, who is also saying that Deadpool is definitely not in this movie. Um, we can't trust anybody. There's no trust. Uh, so, are Patrick Stewart in Deadpool in this movie? Maybe. I feel like it's a little bit more a definite with Patrick Stewart. Um, I don't know about Ryan Reynolds as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, who knows? Um, well, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's... I mean, even though we can't trust them when they say they're not into something, um, it's to our benefit, really. Yeah. Um, that they keep things, you know, they tease things in trailers, but they keep things as quiet as possible. Um, because that lets us, on first viewing, seeing the movie actually be surprised by seeing the introduction of a character into a universe. Um, I mean, there's been talks for years about introduction of the X-Men into the mainstream MCU. Hell, we could do a whole fucking episode on theorizing how they were good, how they're going to introduce them. People are still like heavy into the um, the hey, uh, it's going to be a reverse of no, the No More Mutants line with Wanda. It's like yeah, that didn't really actually work that way anyway. But sure, cool. Um, it's. It, I like not knowing. I like the theorizing. I like the endless, endless like, oh, it could be this, it could be that. We could have them introduced in any way. At this point, we're pretty sure by the end of the year we will have them introduced into the into the mainline MCU. Um, hell, even with speaking of rumors, oh, I lost Nate. Sorry. Oh, we're good. <laughs> no, my camera is doing a weird thing because I moved. But oh, how dare I'm you? Fine um, yeah, I. Uh, I, I saw another, there was another rumor. <laughs> Stop moving, I guess. Um, but yeah, I saw another rumor about uh, Taron Edgerton. Is that his last name, I think? Yeah. Uh, Eggsy from the uh, Kingsman movie, the original Kingsman movie. In the second one, I guess. Um, but he is he has been denying that he is been cast or in, has been in talks to play um Wolverine uh mm-hmm. one of the last times that he I think he was asked he actually said something along the lines of I'm not playing him it would be cool but I'm not um and I'm like oh I don't hate that casting um cuz how how tall is he does it say 10 10 hat 59 okay uh Wolverine Height in comics. 5'3". Not much of a difference? Not much of a difference, but a far cry from six foot tall. <laughs> you know, he wasn't the right build for Wolverine, but he fucking worked out in the long run. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that could say Logan isn't a great movie. Um, we got one. We got one out of eight fucking x-men movies no no how many fuck original trilogy and then they made four with the other people and then three wolverine movies yeah and maybe three of those movies all together are good well i will i will maintain logan is the best x-men related anything that's ever been released a film <laughs> um, i agree oh you know what i'm not counting deadpool deadpool technically counts Deadpool counts, but Logan was just a remarkable film in its own right and told 
sort of the old man Logan story in a more relatable and compelling way than the comic does. Um, but they relied on source material and they made a good movie out of it, which I think is a lesson that could be learned for a lot of other comic book movies. Hi, Nate. Um, hi, Kim. I love you. Uh, I'm, who knows? I'm hoping, you know, if, if the X-Men are introduced in this way, I mean, using the multiverse is kind of convenient for the producers of the MCU because it allows them to basically introduce anything they want now. Um, See, I like the idea of us being introduced to the, their existence in other worlds, but that in turn, mm-hmm. like, t- uh, unmasking the fact that they were in our world, in in, in our world. Um, well, well, that's the problem they run into, because, again, the multiverse is super convenient for introducing anything you want, but it robs you of that ability to naturally introduce characters into your own mainline universe. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just being pulled out of different dimensions and stuff like that. That's just, it becomes, there comes a point where that becomes contrived. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm not saying that they're going to come in from the other universe. I'm talking about like, we have in the MCU, there is, there are the existence of mutants already. Um, Because I think that was one of the theories that I had seen where uh, the reason why we haven't seen X-Men yet or mutants in general yet is because uh, Xavier is hiding them, using his ability to hide their existence from the world. Yeah. Um. So who knows? Again, we have no fucking clue. They could go any one, any, any many ways with this. Um. Well, I mean, the thing about the MCU is, given all the past movies, we know that basically anybody in this MCU is capable of just about anything. <laughs> um, if we just take Doctor Strange by himself as a standalone story, I mean, he's a normal guy. I mean, he's a super genius doctor, super rich and everything like that, but he doesn't have any crazy special abilities. Um, just good just with the magics. learns magic, which happens to be a thing in the MCU. <laughs> um, yeah, but you have to be good at it to be able, or you have to have some kind of attachment or connection to it to be good at it um yeah the only reason i say that is because that is kind of a thing that is brought up in spider-man with the fact mm-hmm. that uh ned can portal yeah so easily <laughs> when even strange took a lot of time and well, effort to do it i mean it's a given just like it is in the real world certain people are going to be talented at things which is going to give them an edge up but i mean the way they present it, like wanda dr strange film is you know anybody who's willing could possibly learn magic. Yeah. Yeah. I want to learn magic. I want to sling ring. How fucking... Like, all of the things in fucking MCU, (laughs) I want a goddamn sling ring so bad. (laughs) I mean, so does everybody, but, you know, the oil industry would probably just kill you on sight. (laughs) Not if we go in and... So, yeah, uh... Actors. We can't trust them. Um, speaking of... Eh, never mind. It's a whole other thing. Um, now, on the other hand, somebody that we seem to be able to trust uh, is Gabe Newell. Everybody's mm-hmm. favorite ev- guy that can't count to three. Um, 
He can make expansions, or can put into development expansions that don't have the number three. Because with the the release of the Steam Deck, there's another Aperture Science or Portal World style game that has nothing to do with Portal 3, uh, which doesn't exist. I want it to, believe me. Everybody in this house right now wants it to. Um, But yeah, uh, Gabe Newell, two things. There's one thing that is actually on here. One, has been... Hand delivering, I forgot to put this on here. Hand delivering Steam decks to people in Portland, Portland, right? That's where the, I think, yeah. Um, in people at first thought it was people that had pre ordered and paid for it. He is giving away non pre ordered copies or uh, consoles to people, and I think that's fucking awesome. Um, like people have door their uh, ring camera or doorbell cameras showing Gabe Newell literally dropping it off at their doorstep, which is incredible. Um, but, uh, recently in a conversation about the possibility of Game Pass coming to Steam, the first non-Microsoft direct platform, I guess, uh, he's for it. He's all for it. Um, of course he's for it. I mean, anything that increases user traffic to Steam is a benefit to Valve as a company. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's Game Pass that gets people's foot in the door then that means that they're likely to go on later and make other purchases across the steam platform um and that's really where the money is like you know if if gabe was giving away these these steam decks for free even i mean you know it's just another way to get more people into the steam ecosystem exactly um i mean that's really all they care about is increasing the amount of active users on steam as much as possible um uh, so in the 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 conversation itself, the the quote um, that a lot of people have been pulling is, uh, I don't think it's something that we need to th- we think we need to do ourselves building a subscription service at this time. But for the cu- their customers, it's clearly a popular option, and we'd be more than happy to work with them to get that on Steam. Uh, if your customers want it, then you should figure out how to make it happen. That's where we're at. <laughs> so. I, I think that'd be great. I think it's the first step towards um, Game Pass being on, like, M- Microsoft detaching it from the Xbox fully. Um, yeah. Well, it's it's a benefit to everybody. It's a benefit to the consumers. It's a benefit to the companies involved. And beyond that, it is, it's also a way to sort of translate, you know, PC gamers even into the Xbox sort of ecosystem. Um, the other sort of great thing there for Valve is Xbox already has the infrastructure to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Valve doesn't have to, you know, use time and money and resources into developing a subscription service of their own, which it's a big question of how that would even work. Yeah, they just need to have, figure out how to integrate that with their already existing store yeah. system. Well, well, if I look at it as the fact that Steam is already able to um, allow people the free weekends where you can mm-hmm. play a game in its entirety in a weekend for free. You don't, and then you just lose access to it by the end of the week or come Monday or whatever. Um, so I feel like it's just that on a longer term scale. Well, it is that, but it's also a matter of Steam has so much content on it. Period. Right? Yeah, it's got you know an uncountable number of games on it at this point. And most of and them are porn 
<laughs> well, so for Steam to set up something like a subscription service that involves them putting in the extra legwork to reach out to developers and publishers, yeah. saying, you know, can we put your game in our subscription service and for how long can we do that? Whereas Xbox already has a system in place where they know that all their first party titles are going to end up on Game Pass anyway. Um, and then beyond that, they have already put in the legwork to reach out to publishers and developers and say, you know, your game's coming out. It's probably not going to be in brick and mortar stores for very long or do very well there. You know, nobody's really marketed this game to you. I mean, if you take a game like It Takes Two, I don't remember there being a lot of fuss over that game before it hit Game Pass. Um, That's crazy to me because I. But I also kind of pay attention to different gaming things than yeah. you, I guess. Um, I remember well, being a big thing, but again. I mean, there's a. Either way, there's a lot of games that have ended up on Game Pass that were not a big deal when they first launched. And then they all of a sudden saw a massive influx of players specifically because of Game Pass. Yeah. And so, I mean, if I was going to take like the worst example, the most extreme example of this, Crackdown 2 probably would have sold nothing. Three. <laughs> like At that zero point. Zero copies. Or Crackdown 3, yes. Yeah. Zero copies. No, no, no. Um, it would have sold at least one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to Damien. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it is... I mean, it's a sad case because it could have been better, of course. But beyond that, um, it just... Nobody would have played it if it didn't touch Game Pass. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of the benefit of expanding Game Pass on the other platforms. Plus, it lets... It sort of lets Valve take a back seat in this case and say, okay, well, we know Microsoft's got all this set up now they can reach out to our party developers and publishers to get these games in the subscription system. So Valve, at, you know, as far as Gabe is concerned, of course he's on board for it because he just gets to sit back and collect money, really. So um, that is the only question I have about it. Mm-hmm. In that case, is Microsoft then taking a hit on the money they're making off of those subscriptions? I don't think so. I think the way that corporations wheel and deal with one another there's going to be an obvious profit-sharing contract being brought up here. Um, I think because it's going to be, if they just leave it as Game Pass and then allow access to Game Pass through Steam, mm-hmm. most of that money is probably going to Microsoft. Yeah. Um, especially just on the subscription-based payment type of deal, right? I believe Steam, of course, will want to cut, and we're talking maybe three or less percent of that subscription service fee. Um, really, for Steam, it's all a question of how many users can we get on our who are already exist on our own platform to buy into Game Pass? What kind of value are we really bringing those customers? Um, and I think the value in there is, again, the people who strictly game on PC, right? The people who just don't have a console, don't want anything to do with console at all. They just want to play games on their PC. That's where the benefit is. Now you have access to a lot more first-party Xbox titles that maybe you wanted to play that you could not play through... You could not play because you didn't own an Xbox, didn't want an Xbox Live subscription, or whatever it may be. On top of that, Steam being completely free means that their users aren't losing out as much as an Xbox user is by getting into Steam Pass. You're not paying for Xbox Live and stuff like that. I mean, that remains to be seen because some of those titles are online and maybe they will require an Xbox Live subscription to play. Um, But that's a discussion that has to happen between Microsoft and Steam to say, well, 
we already let our users play online for free. Could mm -hmm. they at least play amongst themselves through the Game Pass game? Right? Oh, wait, no. Mm -hmm. um, PC Game Pass, you don't need to be Xbox Live. Uh, yeah, yeah any, no. any PC game. And I think at this point, I think they've removed most of that for anything that's on X or game pass at least. Yeah. Um, sorry. I just, it, I just hit me that I remember that being an th update. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd be excited for it. I, I mean, I think it's, this is a good step. I don't think we're anywhere near PlayStation making this kind of change or, or adopting that because there are still rumors that they're working on their own version of it. Um, Although the rumors that I'm seeing is that it's a really shit version still. Uh, I think still the closest we have a chance of is uh, is Nintendo. Of the big three, it would be Nintendo. Um, now, in all honesty, their streaming of games fucking sucks. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the bad... Internet. Their entire connection to the internet is yeah. just awful. Their net yeah. code is just bad. Um... Yeah, it's it's disappointing because I fucking love Nintendo. That, well, I just don't think Nintendo ever realized the extent to which online play was going to become a thing and how much their own consumers wanted well, online play. So that's the weird thing. Mm -hmm. Switch online play has been trash. Um, I don't really remember anything from previous because I mean that that all was obviously hardlined in to begin with, and it was free. Um, the handheld handheld online people have always loved when it comes to nintendo yeah. uh they hated the way that they handled their their game libraries because it very much was for the longest time hey you bought all these games online oh you got a new console you don't have access to those games anymore unless you transfer the files over um mm -hmm. now they've gotten better with that it's just now they've dipped on the fact that the online play is bad again um Hell, I just miss link cables, man. <laughs> I mean, the the biggest thing that Nintendo has to solve is their their marketplace. Period. I mean, not that the eShop is a bad system, but people have been asking forever for you know releases of older games on the Switch, which can be ported to the Switch. I mean, there's really no reason they couldn't be. Um, Nintendo has a staunchly and loud anti-piracy stance. But the games that people want, Nintendo isn't willing to give them. And so that's why people are turning to piracy and ROMs to get a hold of those games. Because at the end of the day, if I want to play, you know, Oracle of Ages or Oracle of Seasons, for example, right? Yeah. I can't go to my Switch to play those. And unless I can dig up a Game Boy Color and find my cartridges, that stuff's not getting played. And hopefully the cartridge battery isn't dead. Um, yeah. Basically, everything has to be perfect for you to be able to play that game. Um, I mean, it's, there's limitations of hardware there, so the solution for someone like me is, okay, I want to play that game, where do I go to get it? Well, I go find a ROM in an emulator somewhere. Yeah. Like, that's uh, just the reality of the situation. Nintendo, unfortunately, is actively hurting their own bottom line in this case, and they can do a lot better. Well, it's, and it is, because obviously with their online, and that's the one thing people do enjoy to a certain extent, they have... Original Nintendo, Super Nintendo, now they have Nintendo 64 in the Genesis stuff. Uh, it's not the full library. It'll never be the full library. There are f way too many, uh, way too many licensed games. Um, but then we get, luckily we get things like the 
the Disney collection or the re-release of, um, or the remake of, uh, DuckTales. Um, but it, it still is a far cry from the giant catalog of handheld games. Um, Mm -hmm. and I mean, Hey, the worst thing, the worst thing about this is we are at a point where there are, I, I want to just say thousands of games that you will never be able to play on switch because of the dual, the DS and the 3DS. Um, there's just not that capability. They could probably figure it out. I'm not saying that I have it, but I have definitely seen people use emulators that work on computers with dual screen stuff. Uh, and it seems to run fine from what I've seen. Um, uh, but I don't know if that, cause I know there is touch on the switch, but I don't know how perfect it is. Um, well, I'm not sure either. I mean, from what I've done with the touchscreen, I mean, it's responsive. It doesn't give a great deal of feedback or anything like that. But yeah. it's a—it's definitely it's a not a dual screen. screen. Hell, it's—it's it's less than the Wii, the Wii, and the or the Wii U screen. Um, which but, isn't saying that the Wii U is better because the Wii U was fantastic. It was just the the was, step between the 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 Wii and the Switch. It was very poorly marketed, is what it was. <laughs> it was such a bad name. Um, yeah, I uh, I feel like we went. Down. We're really bad with rabbit holes, Nate. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, I'm lying. There's no connection here whatsoever. Um, we're <laughs> stepping away from Nintendo. Wait, what the fuck? How did we get the Nintendo? We were talking about Steam. <laughs> um, we were just talking about online. That's true. Yeah. Uh, speaking. There we go. Speaking of online things, what's what's one of the most popular games all the time yearly, Nate? Pokemans. Oh, no, no, I was actually talking about the next thing, the other thing. Oh, what was the other thing? The, that thing. Right here. That thing. Oh, yeah. That thing. Um, Call of Duty. Yeah. We um, are getting our first year without a Call of Duty since 2004. Which is perfect. I love this. Yeah, my only... I haven't looked into it too much. I know that we are skipping a year. They basically said we're getting one this year. Nothing in 2023. Um, I wish it would have waited until 2024, because I thought that would have been a funny <laughs> 20 years. It's like, hey, every 20, every 20 years we skip a year. Um, uh, but yeah, I uh, I don't fucking care about Call of Duty, Nate. So I'm going mean, <laughs> to... That's fine. The, here's the thing, right? Is I played Call of Duty since the very first Call of Duty came in out. 2003. Yes, I played Call of Duty One and United Offensive for years. I absolutely loved that game. I loved the single player campaigns and I loved the multiplayer. The thing about Call of Duty is, unfortunately, as new games have come out, probably since Modern Warfare last release, they've gotten progressively worse. Are we talking about games original Modern Warfare? No, we're talking about new Modern Warfare with Warzone and all that stuff. Okay. Um, okay. So, you know, the I mean, their big ticket thing is Warzone, right? I mean, that's that's what everybody's playing. Period. Which Everyone I loves Warzone. I hear that at least the support for that has been pretty good. Um, the support for it has been good. They're trying to get better with it. The biggest thing they have a problem with is anti-cheat anything, basically. Um, there's a lot of spoofs and workarounds and even just cheats that bypass the anti-cheat software, period. I, I'll at least um, give them the, the fact that they aren't Battlefield. Or, yeah, yeah. Battlefield. Because Battlefield is bad right now. Um, well, 
the newest system they've implemented for anti-cheat is if you are caught cheating, they won't just outright ban you or, you know, remove you from a game. They'll let you keep playing, but your bullets now do no damage to anybody. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I thought maybe it was... I thought maybe it was one of those things where I, I can't remember what it was. I was reading something about a game that created Cheater Island, where mm -hmm. it would just throw all the cheaters in the world. I think oh, yeah. Fall Guys did that for a while, too. Um, well, the benefit here is the the reason why they, they went with this decision instead of just outright banning these players is, okay, you can ban a player, they can make a new account, they can come back with cheats. Fine. Mm -hmm. Right? What you can do is you can waste the cheaters' time by letting them play and think that they're doing something. And the benefit of your bullets doing no damage is if I shoot you in Call of Duty, you still get a damage indicator. <laughs> so whether or not my bullet does any damage or not, now I've shot you, I've done no damage to you, and you know exactly where I am. Yeah. So <laughs> anybody who's cheating, you know, they shoot a bunch of bullets at someone with wall hacks, whatever else, and okay, you've done no damage, and I just get to hunt you down for free and get a free kill for my game. <laughs> um so it's a hilarious way of punishing cheaters really and just teaching them a lesson um but beyond that the idea of skipping a year to me is just phenomenal because it means that the developer now has more time not just to polish mechanics of the game or anything like that i mean shooting bullets and throwing grenades is going to be the same in every game until the end of time there's unless you're halo yes well there's almost no way to innovate on that formula except building a bigger sandbox which is what halo did um in using space weapons. Yes. But, <laughs> you know, what it does is it allows them to sit down and think about, okay, if we're going to have a campaign in this next Call of Duty, how do we craft a compelling story with that, right? Um, if we're going to do multiplayer, how do we do it so that way all the weapons feel balanced and useful in their specific scenarios? See, um, and that's, that is my biggest thing with with Call of Duty, I wish that the way that Call of Duty worked is they did not put out a campaign and a multiplayer every year. I wish that they would put out a campaign whenever, however they work it, but they have just a consistently changing and growing and, and um, just a dedicated online service. Like, go go the route of how Halo Infinite has, I'm not saying do it exactly, because obviously people have <laughs> issues with that, and it needs a lot of work, um, but separate those games. Separate the multiplayer from the the, uh, mm -hmm. the campaign, not in a just make it, hey, we're just doing um, Battle Royale. Have it be everything. Have the Battle Royale. Have the the uh, oh, fuck, Slayer. I can't think of real world terms besides uh, thank you. Um... <laughs> Can you tell I only play Halo? Um, um, okay, Chris, you to play some Deathmatch? You mean Slayer? Slayer. <laughs> Slayer. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, Capture the Flag, that's the same everywhere, right? Um, <laughs> but no, like have that be its own standalone thing that people can throw all the fucking money in the world to. Because um, mm -hmm. they will, and we know they will, forever. Um, yeah. I mean, hell, look, Fortnite. Perfect example of somebody that continuously focuses and works with the people that love the game add so much content the fucking licensing that they must deal with with that because i mean we have marvel star wars dc fucking master chief is in that fucking game fucking uh, street fighters in that game street fighter kratos is in there x-men 
just about every game title or fantasy title or fiction title you can think of is somewhere yeah. featured somewhere in Fortnite at this point. And I think it's to Fortnite's credit that they're able to get these licensing deals, but I figure at this point it's also extremely easy for them. They got the money Millions too. of just kids play Fortnite. And so, you know, if they see a skin from their favorite property, they're going to buy that skin. I have like, had to resist. There have been enough skins that they've input they put into there that I'm like, I don't play this game. If I played this game like once a month, I would have spent more money on this game by now. Um, but I don't. Well, because nobody wants to play. Just, it's mm -hmm. freeing up development sources for Epic Games because it means that, you know, they don't have to worry about designing skins in house so much anymore. I mean, they still do. They still release new skin packs that they've designed in house. But would you rather be dressed up as you know, random fantasy? soldier or kitsune fox number 10 or would you rather dress as fucking wolverine <laughs> like i i kind of do love the have you seen the the rubber hose black and white alternative uh skins of some of the already existing characters because um, like there's the fish guy the fish guy and the banana guy but they now have like black and white rubber hose style animated yeah. versions of them and i think they're fantastic i hope they do that for all of the more cartoony uh cartoony characters um uh, yeah i, I mean, call of duty just needs to call of duty reinvent needs to itself break, i guess because they're falling into the same trap that games like madden and fifa and the yearly sports releases do where all you can do at that point when you only have a year to develop a brand new game all you can do is make slight iterative changes on what you had before you cannot really sit down take time and think about everything that you need to improve be and, it from a story perspective as far as campaign is concerned from a game balance perspective as far as multiplayer and warzone is confirmed concerned from even special modes like zombies how to do that differently and make yeah. that more interesting for people so all I can do is hope they take the extra time to really nail down those finer details of what made Call of Duty great in the past to the point that no one was sitting around and complaining, oh, it's just another yearly release of Call of Duty and I have to buy it because all my friends bought it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, when, and that's the one fun thing that we... We kind of just completely ignored and brought, or brought up in any way. Um, 2023... I think is just straight up the reason why it's being skipped. I'm pretty sure 2023 is when, yeah, is when the um, acquisition is supposed to be completed. Um, yeah. At that point in that year, Microsoft will fully own Activision Blizzard. Um, so we could see Microsoft um, kind of being like, hey, use this time to figure that out. We even noticed that you're kind of doing shit work lately. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I, I really do hope that it... They have to do something, because at this point, guess what? An entire platform is free for for mm -hmm. that game. Um, now, that could go one of two ways. They could either just churn it out even worse, um, mm -hmm. or they could just not even try and do a campaign anymore and just focus on, like I was saying, the multiplayer, because that's the only way they're going to make the money anymore. Um, yeah, well, there's always been a weird sort of back and forth argument concerning multiplayer for call or campaign for Call, call of Duty games, mm -hmm. um, and it's always this argument: okay, well, no one ever plays the campaign, and it's kind of a waste of resources to make a campaign. But also, 
am I getting the full value of a game if I'm paying $60 for it and not getting a campaign? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, when know, was the last good campaign? I think the last good campaign was probably this most recent Modern Warfare. Really? Okay. Further, probably Modern Warfare 3. Yeah. Um, the original Modern had, Warfare trilogy, I feel like, was a good storyline, and that I remember playing through all of. Ghost had a decent campaign, but the campaign of Ghost sort of contradicted what they said Ghost was going to be about. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, not enough it dogs. Didn't make a lot of sense. Well, it was supposed to be all like, oh well, you're this, you're the super stealthy group who you know goes in against overwhelming odds and takes people out and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden you're attaching you know remote mines to a bunch of trucks and driving them through the front entrance of a stadium. <laughs> so <laughs> sounds like really like espionagey shit right there, Nate. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. I mean, Call of Duty is known for bombastic, you know, really stunning action set pieces in its campaigns, um, but. I mean, when you played Modern Warfare 2 and the first time you saw a nuke go off right in front of your eyes, like, yeah. that was that was breathtaking to a lot of people who played it. Um, but they really need to learn how to actually craft a story instead of just relying on those action set pieces to do it for them. Um, yeah, action set Black pieces Ops, in getting um, actors, big name actors. Because yeah. nobody fucking I mean, they, cared that Jon Snow was in... No, Call of Duty nobody game. cared that he was was in Infinite Warfare, and you know, everyone knows, everyone remembers um, Gary Oldman's um, voice acting for Victor Reznov in the Black Ops and World of War series. I completely um, forgot about that. Yeah, and you know, it doesn't necessarily take big name actors to make a good video game. It just takes some passion for the story you're crafting. <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, even if you're going to delve into alternate history style stuff and, you know, or just take your player and put them in the center of a historical event, like the taking of the Reichstag in Berlin, you know, that is an important moment in history that players got to experience firsthand in World at War. Um, and so really they just got to take that approach again. How can you make the player feel like they're important in that story, that the decisions actually matter that they're getting to play through an event that either did take place in real life or could take place in real life. And that's kind of what the last Modern Warfare ca campaign tackled a little bit, but it does go off the rails near the end. So, um, who knows? All, all they really need to do is say, take the time and hire some fucking writers. Like, <laughs> really. <laughs> Man, I, I hear uh, George R.R. Martin's done with Elden Ring, so maybe they can get him. Um... <laughs> It's not like he's need to finish any other book series. Oh God! Um, yeah, so, so let's get away from some uh, murder games um, and go into some fainting games because nobody dies. Nobody dies in Pokemon, right, Nate? Sure. Let's see him. Oh no! Yeah, one time James just got fed up and pulled out a fucking rifle. So. Oh jeez! <laughs> Actually, in all honesty, there have now been episodes of Pokemon. That have shown Pokemon death. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really upsetting. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, ghost Pokemon got to come from somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but today is the 26th anniversary of the launch of the original uh, Pokemon Red and Blue in Japan. Um, so with that, we got a nice early fucking stream. Um, you were probably still asleep. Were you up at nine? I was 
awake? <laughs> I literally <laughs> woke up, looked at my phone, was like, all right, I got half an hour to get ready. Got up, put a shirt on. I think I had pants on. Um, threw this thing up behind me and, oh, I had to make a new stream cover because you know me, I wait too long. And then, you know, so I literally had, let's, do I have it on here? Hold on. Let's see. Bam. Look at that. Look at that stream cover. It's me within me, within me, within me. Um, yeah just because I needed a new one, uh, specifically <laughs> for Pokemon. I didn't want to use Nintendo because it wasn't Nintendo. It was a Pokemon specifically. Um, but uh, we got a whole bunch of Pokemon news. Um, I'm going to hold the best for last, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. Started off, we went in through all the new stuff coming to the mobile games. We talked about They talked about Pokemon Master Sex. Um, I will never not call it that because they had a horrible marketing. Um <laughs> Which people seem to really like if they're spending this much time on it still. Um, I have no idea what it is. Uh, new update coming to the Pokemon Cafe remix, which is that like Candy Crushy match three or more game. Really yeah. cute, actually. I played it for a little bit. I just don't like mobile games. Um, they announced officially because people have been rumored. It's been rumored. Um, Pokemon Go with will, Pokemon Go is getting a Lola Pokemon. Um, or a lowland Pokemon on the first, mm-hmm. starting on March first. Uh, right now, you can you can get um, Big Executor, Executor, the weird like tall ass tree. Um, and they announced new Pokemon. Yeah, Dur- Duraludon, Duraludon. I don't fucking know Pokemon. These new Pokemon. This is this one's literally a skyscraper Pokemon. Um, but they're adding him as a playable character in Pokemon Unite, as well as like doing a little like test out thing where you can play as any of the characters without having to buy them. Um, which whatever, cool. They sped through that pretty fast. Uh, they announced Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Pearl and Shining Pearl, which by the way, fucking hell, we've had Pokemon 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 game released like every four months maybe. Um, I'm not mad. Um, I just don't have time to play them all. Uh, we already knew this was coming. Uh, the legendary? Is it a legendary? I always forget if it's a legend. Mythical, sorry. There are different levels and it was really annoying. Um, Shaman is coming. Uh, we already knew about this because people had glitched in and got it early. Um, but you're now going to receive a little letter from Professor Oak being like, hey, there's this cool mythical Pokemon that you can be introduced to and possibly catch. Uh, now the people are questioning whether or not you can get a shiny version. Um because it's obviously the only way to catch the Pokemon, so you would literally have to load up over and over and over again until you got a shiny uh, version of it, which you could get in the glitched version, but nobody is con- nothing has been proven yet because this literally just got released today. Um, on top of that, we also got a uh, free 1.1 version patch for Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, it's called the Daybreak Update. Um... I don't remember. Did they even say what it was? I don't even... Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, the... Couple patches, whatever. Um, There's going to be new trainer battles, which wasn't really a a thing in it. You really only fought against Pokemon and the one or two, like... Not one or two, but the handful of people you had to fight one-on-one just to progress through the story. Um, As well as mass outbreaks. Do you know anything about... Have you played any of... You don't play Switch at all, do you? Not really. I mean, yeah. the last mainstream Pokemon game I even played on Switch was Let's Go Eevee. So. Oh wow, <laughs> um, damn. 
it's like four years ago. Uh, but no, um, basically there are alpha Pokemon. Alpha Pokemon are these giant fucking Pokemon that are really aggressive and have... I think I mentioned about the, like, you can see a Snorlax using Hyper Beam in the wild. Um, well, they're adding uh, these mass outbreaks of these Pokemon, mm. so you'll have to investigate, like, five or six alpha versions of a Pokemon that just appear, and um, mm-hmm. you have the ability to catch all of them, I guess, or get wrecked. Um, but no, it looks cool. I, I really do need to... I, I would love to just have more time to play it. Um, I just haven't had a chance. Uh, they are giving away... Cool thing. They're giving away 30 free Ultra Gigaton in Jet Balls um, with the mystery mystery gift, I think this is what it's called, um, with the code Arceus Adventure. So you just type that in, you get 90 free Pokeballs, basically. Um, nope. Which I think Gigaton are the ones that, like, you can get the alpha Pokemon pretty easily. I haven't gotten one yet, no, honestly. Again, haven't played enough to get that far. Um, they also announced that they're doing an anime adaptation. I think it's an online only, but of uh, set in the world of Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, but, most importantly, Nate, the one last thing, the one snap, switch, whatever, uh, we got the announcement of Pokemon Generation 9. Fucking nine generations. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I mean, it could be worse. It's been 26 years. They could have had 20 fucking generations at this point. But, yeah, we got Pokemon and I already know everything. I know which one I'm picking, game I'm picking, and I already know my starter. Uh, but we got Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Uh, mm. And it looks like it is most likely being set in uh, a Latin-influenced area. We don't 100% know yet. But based off of um, some of the visuals in the game, uh, as well as the names of the Pokemons, the Pokemons uh, people are assuming that. So, Nate, have you seen these new starter Pokemon? Yes, you've shown them all. Oh, that's right. You already chose. We, I thought I forgot we talked about this on the line. On the mm-hmm. line. Um, so, yeah, we got the first three starters. Uh, Grass Cat, a.k.a. Okay. Sprigatito. Sprigatito. Which, Gatito, the G-A-T-I-T-O, um, in Spanish means little cat. Uh, <laughs> we got Fuecoco, which is like one letter off of being Fuego. Fire. Um, but we got a fire crocodile, Fuecoco, and the duckling, which I love that they just call him a duckling. It's not a water duck, it's just a duck. Um, Quaxley, who is what I'm going with, because he's fucking adorable, and I love his hair, and I hope that he grows up into having uh, a massive pompadour like the guy from Redline. Um, just like <laughs> massive... Uh, yeah, because my mind originally went to Space Dandy, because I love Space mm-hmm. Dandy. Um, but then I remembered that Redline exists, and his hair is ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm excited. They're adorable. Um, I want to have all of them. I'm already going to name my Quaxley Turbo, uh, because of a, a combination of TikTok and the fact that it's a TikTok about DuckTales. Um, and because of a tweet, when I eventually get a Sprigatito... Um, I am going to name <laughs> I'm going to name it uh, Doja um, because <laughs> somebody tweeted 
Oh, I hope I want. Can I find the tweet? I want to find the actual tweet. They basically tweeted. Uh, I keep seeing grass Pokemon t- trending, and it's. I realize it's not about Doja Cat. Let me see if I find it. Oh yeah, I saw. Oh no, Weed Cat. I saw Weed Weed Cat trending, and I most certainly thought it was about Doja Cat. <laughs> so yeah, Sprigata- Sprigatito is going to be uh, uh, Doja Cat. Um, I don't know what I'm going to name this little. Have you? Yeah, you've seen the thing. Fue Coco is. I'm seeing people. Some people say he looks like a pepper, and some people say he looks like he could be an apple. I'm kind of leaning towards pepper, just because of the heat. In the shape of him, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand the appleness. Um, I don't know, who knows? I'd be happy either way. At the end of the day, I mean, you asked me who I would pick. Yeah. And I always, pretty much without fail, usually choose a fire starter. Um, but this time around, I'm sorry, but Sprigatito is too damn cute not to pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is adorable. I understand. Um, well, no, see, oh yeah, cat. And I know part of my reasoning was one. It was literally me just wanting to say I want to duck shit up. Um, but also because he's, I like it. I like him. I like him. It looks like he's just got a. Oh, ooh, Nate. Hmm. You know what? I haven't really looked at with him. Hold on. Now I need what? to. Drop a picture of him in here for the masses. Um, <laughs> let me see if I can get this real quick. Hold on. Alright, Sprigatito. Nope, not Sprigatito, sorry. I know what I meant. Um, Quaxel. So I've been looking at this in one way. I've been looking at the fact that this is his hair. I'm like, oh, a little mm-hmm. duck with hair. Some people said it kind of looks like a hat. What if we're all wrong? And it's just a duck, and this is a separate creature. These are its I mean, sleeping eyes. This is a mouth. What if I just blew the whole thing out uh, up right there? <laughs> like it's a it's a it's a duck with a parasite on its head. Um, now you may be like, that seems dark for Pokemon. Pokemon has been- literally has. Parasite Pokemon, probably. Um, I say probably a little. But definitely has had uh, a Pokemon where their backstory is these Pokemon steal children. Um, so Parasite Jesus. Pokemon on top of a Pokemon. Are you looking it up to see if anybody's saying anything about it? Well, there's artwork I just found on Twitter from a user called at Bun, who <laughs> they take the little uh, mouth-shaped thing on his head and they just draw two dots above it to turn it into a face. <laughs> oh, God. No, but, I mean, hey, that's it's not far off. No. I could see it happening. Um, Now I want to see it happen. Now I'm mad that I've come up with this. Oh, God damn. Nate, I need this to be a parasitic Pokemon on top of another Pokemon that people just accept as one single Pokemon. It can be like Slowbro. That has another Pokemon just feasting on it? It's not really feasting on it. It's just attached to it. I mm-hmm. mean, is it really eating it? Yes. Wow. Maybe. I don't know. It dips its tail <laughs> in the water and then it gets bit. And it's like, I'm now a different Pokemon. 
Uh, so damn sad about it. <laughs> no, he's just saying it slowly. Um, so uh, more on the game itself. Uh, it's coming in, coming in weirdly, uh, really soon. And by that, I mean still end of this year, um, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting it to come out soonish, maybe next year, mm-hmm. but not like bam next end of the year. Um, we've got a fucking heavy ass uh, year of Nintendo because we're still expecting. Uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Maybe we're not at this point. I'm getting scared. Um, <laughs> but no, we, uh, we've we got a little bit more. There's a lot of screenshots up on the website. I highly recommend it. It's just Pokemon.com. Um, but the cool thing, uh, they go into a little bit more explanation of the game itself. Um, talking Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet games. The newest chapters in the Pokemon series are coming to Nintendo Switch later this year. With these new titles, the Pokemon series take a new evolutionary step, allowing you to explore freely in a richly expressed open world. I still got my duck on the screen. I'm going to get rid of that. Um, So, we're finally combining what they've gotten from Sword and Shield, which is the higher resolution world and all that, filled Mm -hmm. cities, lived in cities, all that kind of stuff. Um, And we're adding in the more open worldness. And it looks like possibly the way that the combat in catching Pokemon is used in um, Arceus. I keep wanting to call it something else. I don't know why. Um, So, hey, finally we're getting the quote-unquote Breath of the Wild Pokemon game people have been complaining about. Um, But yeah, various towns blend seamlessly into the wilderness with no borders. Well, bam. I don't believe it, because, I mean, you still got caves. Although, caves exist in Pokemon Arceus, and it doesn't load screen between them. Hmm. Um, you'll be able to see the Pokemon of this region in the skies, in the seas, in the forest, on the streets. I don't know why I say it like that, but people are really pointing it. <laughs> like, are really excited about, on the streets! Uh, <laughs> please say the only place you can find a Rattata is in the streets. Um, no, you'll be able to... <laughs> Uh, you'll be able to experience the true joy of Pokemon series battling against wild Pokemon in order to catch them now in an open world game that players of any age can enjoy. I don't believe it. Some people are not not smart enough to play Pokemon games. I'm happy that it's open world. I just need them to hire a texture artist (laughs) and someone who knows how to use something like Roller Machine or Roller Creator to make the terrain. (laughs) It looks slightly better. I don't know. Um... I'm sorry, but your terrain in the last Pokemon game looks like it came out of a PS2. Like, it is very clearly low poly, and the textures on it look like fucking puke, so... <laughs> well, it's... I feel like it... It's weird to me, too, because... The, remember, this is not a Nintendo game. It is a Nintendo mm-hmm. console that it will only ever be on, but Nintendo does not own Game Freak, yeah. um... Game Freak does not really do anything outside of Pokemon, so anything in their 3D wheelhouse at this point, they're learning as they're going. Um, I'm sure, but... I know, terrain, I know, I know. Creating terrain and texturing terrain is, like, one of the easiest things you can do in game development. <laughs> Maybe it's not when you gotta put all those polygons into Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, I should have said all the polygons in the Porygon. Um, th- th- that whole entire pokemon is like maybe 80 to 90 polygons (laughs) you should see some of the fur on these pokemon now no uh but we got the your characters um have you seen the character designs 
yet. No, I have not. Um, you're basically little like high school, or not high school, uh, little elementary school kids. It's always elementary school kid. You're never going to get a high school Pokemon character because they'd be oh really shitty. Um, I typed in the wrong thing. Oh god, what did you pick? Uh, so yeah, we got <laughs> the Scarlet and Violent character. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your <laughs> starter character. Um, if it's anything like the last couple of Pokemon games, you're not going to be stuck playing as this very pale character. Um... <laughs> And hopefully, like in other recent Pokemon games, you also don't have to continue to wear this really ugly-looking outfit. I'm Although they look like fucking dorks. <laughs> I will. Say, I mean, they're at school. It's a school outfit. Um, I will say I like the violet more Why? because the. Have you seen here? Let me. That's the. Why does the school outfit include cargo swim trunks? <laughs> hey man, island town. I don't fucking know. Or a seaside island town. Boy. <laughs> please no. Please no. <laughs> Yeah, see, it's that versus that. Okay. I prefer Violet. I mean, I prefer the Scarlet one because at least there's some detail. See, I shorts. like the short. I like this. This outfit is more appealing to me. The I mean, the color coordination is better in the Violet one. Yeah, this looks this looks red, shoes. white, and blue. I'm sorry. I think maybe that's what yeah. it is. I'm very anti well, that. <laughs> the hat definitely needs a different color. Yeah, even if it was just white, it probably would have been better. Um, yes. But yeah, like in other Pokemon games, hopefully we'll be able to change that pretty soon, pretty early on. Maybe because I have save files, it'll be like, hey, here's three legendary Pokemon in a uh, new pair of pants. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, fuck, that's basically what Diamond and Pearl did. Um, but no, I, I'm excited. Uh, I mean, I... Who isn't ever excited for a Pokemon game if they like Pokemon? You, I don't know. You're up in the air. You haven't played Scarlet Pokemon in fucking Pokemon four years. Violent. <sighs> so I'm getting Violet, no matter what. So you have to get Scarlet. Because then we can trade and get the, the version-specific Pokemon. You maybe so. Eh, eh. Or, you buy a physical copy, I borrow it for a little bit, make multiple fake accounts get a pokemon get it to the point that i can trade give me all the starters and then give it back to you and i'll do the same i'll be nice i'll do the same to you no wait that wouldn't work would it i would have to get a pokemon bank and store them before i did that whatever true um yeah pokemon coming out excited as always it looked great fucking mm. much sooner than expected but yeah pokemon is pokemon i don't think the formulas changed that much I don't know, man. You can now catch Pokemon without fighting them. I mean, that's true. So it's changed in that respect. It's <laughs> open world. It's changed in that respect. Okay, well, it's changed quite a bit. <laughs> Pokemon has changed more in 20 years than Call of Duty has. <laughs> sure, it took most of those 20 years to change, but... <laughs> well, like I said, you, can, you can't really change the way you shoot guns and throw grenades and stuff. Speaking of which, I didn't put it in here, but I did want to just mention, did you see the fact that somebody made a first-person shooter Pokemon game? Yes, I did. Oh my god. And it's probably, if that game ever, like, releases in any state, even if it's like, okay, Nintendo... Oh no, you can play it! Just, oh, wonderful. Then yeah. I'm going to go get that. That's that's the one Pokemon game I'll play. <laughs> god damn it. You would. You would play the, the murder-kill Pokemon. Because it's like you get a Pokedex that you have to fill out, and by filling it out, that means you have to kill every single one of the Pokemon. <laughs> um, uh, whatever. 
I see. Here's the thing. I'm wondering. So uh, th- something else that I didn't put on the thing because it's not that big. Uh, Nintendo is shutting down access to certain games online. Um, I think it might be 2D or DS or something like that. Maybe 3DS. Mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe not 3DS. I don't know what the numbers are on that. Still, probably not 3DS yet. But they're shutting down something in the way that will make it so you can't access certain Pokemon anymore. There will now be Pokemon that you can no longer get because it is on a defunct network or platform. Because, um, mm. I mean, luckily, fucking the way that people idolize uh, the original 151, you can get them always. You will never not be able to. Um, mm-hmm. But there are certain generations that I guess they're kind of just letting go of, which sucks. Um but I also have never been a Pokedex completionist, so I don't really care too much. But I know that there are a lot of people that do. Uh, mm-hmm. Most most of them hated Sword and Shield because they couldn't get all their Pokemon in one fucking game. Mm. Well, I mean, that was a big part of the Pokemon ecosystem, is you're given this Pokedex and you're told to go out and find and learn about Pokemon by capturing them. So it's understandable why they're upset. Um... I mean, we've already said Nintendo doesn't have the best online infrastructure in the world. Yeah, um, they they have been Nintendo and and um, Game Freak have been really good about being able to consistently move generation to generation, um, which is why the introduction of Pokemon Bank was solely because not every Pokemon was going to be able to be in um, Sword and Shield. Uh, whether that happens with this new one, who knows? Some people are hoping that this is kind of like a soft reboot of the series, moving in mm-hmm. from that top-down to the open-world gameplay style. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... The thing that people have to understand about the way Pokemon are implemented from a technical perspective, right, is you're talking about a database containing, at this point, a couple thousand entries. <laughs> I think um, we're just under. We we are most where we're getting closer. Who knows how much closer with this? Um, so but yeah. Not only that, you have a, the variant versions of those too. Literally well, yes. double all of those numbers because every Pokemon has a shiny. Well, yes, you have a database that consists of all that. The shiny comes in the procedural generation aspect that's layered on top of that database, right? Mm-hmm. Because your Pokemon are going to have different IVs. They're going to be different levels when you catch them. There's going to be shiny variants and so on and so forth. So there's got to be a database that has a base template for every Pokemon and then a procedural procedural generator on top of that that sort of randomizes the Pokemon you encounter in the wild, even if they're the same Pokemon. Um, So from a technical aspect, it's actually not that resource intensive to do that kind of thing. Um, You have to have a limiting factor layered on top of that as well to say, okay, well, this Pokemon only spawns in XYZ region of the map um <laughs> sorry there's actually x x and y so <laughs> yes, <I know. laughs> um but you know it's really not that hard of a technical aspect i think the issue is game freak is a very small company still yeah they're not looking for massive expansion they exclusively work on pokemon and so they're kind of isolated in their own little bubble where i mean as long as they're making Pokemon games and people are buying it, Nintendo's happy and the consumers are happy, they really aren't incentivized to change a lot about the Pokemon games in general. Yeah, the Pokemon fans um, that are upset are not the kid, the target fucking audience. It's 
30, 40 year olds being like, why can't my Pokemon be the same? So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I grew up, we all, we grew up in the generation of the 151. Um, and so I understand sort of. And now most of my favorite aren't even from the 151. Yeah. I understand the, the purest approach to the game, but I mean, at the same time, it's, it's gotta evolve to survive. (laughs) It's the only way the franchise can last. (laughs) Um, but who knows? I mean, I'm happy for the people who are excited for new Pokemon games all the time. I think it's a staple in the game industry at this point. Um, there is no escaping it. So, you know, if you don't like Pokemon, you just kind of have to let it be. Let it continue doing its thing, and you continue playing something else. Yeah, it really is like, hey, if you don't like this, guess what? It's not for you. There are many, 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 many other games that are for you. Go do those. Don't shit on other people's enjoyment. Well, it's it's a niche title that doesn't have a big impact on the rest of the gaming industry either. I don't know, not... man. I think it kind of... Because you say it's niche. It's one of the biggest, if not well, the biggest uh, properties. Now I can't remember. Hold on. Well, let me clarify what I mean by niche here then. What I mean by niche is that it has its own unique set of of mechanics and gameplay and gameplay loop and things like that, right? It isn't a first-person shooter that has gone on to influence a bunch of other first-person shooters. It's not an RPG that's going on to influence a bunch of other RPGs. Um, you know, it's not like Pokemon has a skill tree that then a bunch of other games are Im- trying to implement into their yeah. game or something like that. Yeah. So it's niche from a mechanics perspective and from a gameplay perspective. Um, and even from an aesthetic perspective, no one's really made a game that looks like Pokemon. <laughs> they try, um, and then... Nintendo's like, no, 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 you don't. <laughs> I mean, the closest thing we've gotten to a Pokemon game from another IP is the Digimon World games. So, <laughs> Which, speaking of which, is coming back. Not the game, but um, the anime is coming back. Um, I just wanted to mention real quick, I, I did pull up a list of highest grossing media franchises. Uh, I feel like we've talked about this before. Um, but the top six, we're going to go from... Six down up to one. Number six is Mario, uh, $55.1 billion. Star Wars, $69.4 billion. Winnie the Pooh surprised me, um, $81 billion. Not so surprising, Mickey Mouse and Friends, $82.9 billion. Uh, number two, can you guess? Is it Pokemon? No. Hello Kitty with $88.5 billion. Hello Kitty grosses that much fucking money 88.51 billion 88.51 billion from merchandise sales box office 61,000 <laughs> I did not know Hello Kitty was that fucking popular <laughs> hell <laughs> yeah um, number one is Pokemon do you know what their total the difference or not the difference because I'm bad at math real quick but do you know what the jump up what that number is without it's, looking don't look gotta be over 120 billion dollars close 110 billion 110 billion dollars licensed merchandise 82.8 billion video games 26.9 billion dollar gap on hello kitty yeah yeah um here's my favorite thing because it breaks obviously it breaks it down you have licensed merchandise video games box office i've seen a good portion of those movies home entertainment strategy guide books i don't know why that's included in there but it's 142 million dollars um 
Pokemon strategy guys were always pretty special. And of course, the three million, that last three million on top, is jet aircraft livery sales. Oh, Jesus. Are you kidding me? <laughs> They're making money, like legitimate lots of money, on putting fucking Pokemon stickers on jets. <laughs> Which, I mean, they've done for promo in the past with commercial oh, airliners, but I just imagine there's, like, some fucking fighter pilot out there in the in the fucking Japanese Defense Force who's got, like, fucking Jolteon on the side of his jet now. Who doesn't love Jolteon, man? You trying to shit on Jolteon? Look at this shit. Look at this shit. I would love to fly on that fucking plane. That shit is awesome. You got representation from, like, all the game. Fucking hell yeah. Here's the thing, because I know how much, like, a full vinyl wrap of a car cost. Imagine wrapping a fucking Airbus in that. Is it $3 million? Uh <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Nate. That's it. We're done the news. And we're only an hour and 13 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> well, let's go through playing stuff, because this is all you. I know. Have you not really played anything recently? Just I've Rust. I'm playing Rust, yeah. and I'm waiting for a new map to drop. So, when our okay. new map drops, it's going to be basically a whole new game. And what we're playing on a now is considered to be an open world. beta in the first place. Oh. So, um, yeah, I can run through this pretty fast. Uh, played a little bit of... A little bit. A little bit. A lot of games. Um, handful of games, I guess. Most of them demos. Uh, ended up one night a couple weeks ago. I think literally this two days after our last podcast um sat down and played a little bit of it takes two with uh lou um friend of the show technically part of space time taco um but yeah we uh play through a little bit i really enjoy it it is a really fun game um he enjoyed it so much that he ended up getting uh his wife becca to um play it with him and they've now been streaming it over on their channel uh their own youtube i do not remember the name but i will link it in the podcast description in the youtube's description um it is on youtube though not twitch um but yeah uh it is really fun it is really heavy because it is very much a hey here's a game about parents that are getting divorced and then are made by their daughter to work through their shit. <laughs> um, technically, her daughter's magic love book, but whatever. Um, it's fucking weird. And it's also incredible at the same time. I highly recommend it if you have somebody that'll play with you. Um, sadly, my wife will not play with me. Oh, I don't know where she I'll is or if she can hear me. Exactly. See, okay, you and me, we'll work through our divorce. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, really good game. I understand, like, the little bit I played of it, I understand why this got so many Game of the Year picks for last year. Um, mm -hmm. I, speaking of our talk about retro games and Nintendo's wonderful track record of supporting them and making sure that we don't lose them to the annals, 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 annals of history, it's annals, right? I like saying I like saying anal's more though. Um, well, that's there's the the veg the not the vegetable but the produce item, uh, anise. You asked yeah. or 
or I think it's also fent. I can't remember if it's also fent. Um, ninety nine percent of the time, people call it anus. Uh, I've worked in produce long enough that people well, are like, know, "You have anus? I do have anus. I can't every sell time it." I go to the store. I can only find the fucking anise seeds and not the stars, and it pisses me off. <laughs> I need star anise. Um, yeah, I uh, may or may not have gone through and was able to uh find ways of playing older games um <laughs> including one of my favorite games and I played not too much of it but enough of it that I'm like this holds up to what I remember it being uh I finally got to play fucking Cubivore the sound the music everything about it I teared up a little bit cuz I fucking love this game I just want them to remake it in in a much more streamlined faster cuz it obviously old GameCube game very slow for what it was um it's just so fun and so weird um no yeah. co- really coop this is when you decide to come up yeah of course he does i see you doing something. i know he's been so good it's been over an hour i'm proud of him um but no uh really enjoyed it a handful of other things i just tested some other games out to make sure they were working um but with that i wanted to say that i am planning on trying to do a little bit more um retro gaming things coming up onto the stream again definitely through legal copies that i figured out how to stream to my computer like my 3d my do i definitely have ds games that now work and can stream to my computer um but yeah uh really excited about that really excited about being able to fucking play cubivore for the first time and boy so i just found on ebay a copy of cubivore copy well, it's a full box copy of Cubivore with all little add-ins. Yeah. They had like little paper craft versions of the creatures in the game. And Nate, that's only a cheap version, right? I mean, it's ch- it's cheap, right? It's an old game. Nobody fucking cares about that game, right? How much could it possibly be? Well, the cheapest I found it for is $129. Oh, that's cool. Uh, on, the most um, expensive I found it for is $450. Oh, <laughs> wow. So if you were to search on Amazon for Cubivore? Do you know how much their used copy is showing as? I have no idea. Uh, go ahead and pull that up. <laughs> um, Clicky. by Birdie's Games. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is uh, just round up to a full fourteen hundred dollars for a copy of a game. Do that I want to buy nobody fucking, fucking game, game or do I want to buy a graphics card? I can't tell. <laughs> it's funny because here it says, "Thank you for being a prime member. Get one hundred twenty-five dollars off. Pay twelve hundred and seventy-four ninety-nine upon arrival." That is fantastic. I would, I, you know, I would upon need to get that. approval for the Amazon Business Prime card. You have to, you have to get the credit card to be approved for it. Yeah, I wish that every time you saw that, you could click on it and be like, "Oh, you already have it. Here's the discount anyway." Um, that being said, a renewed version of the Wavebird controller is a hundred and sixty dollars. You say it like that's bad. That's not too bad. In comparison. I mean, but who wants a wave bird that badly? Somebody that really liked wave birds? I don't know. 
Um, I mean, it was sort of the first introduction mainstream of wireless controllers, but it came at the end of the GameCube's life cycle anyway. Uh, so yeah, Nate, um, the game that I love so much and has not been remade is somewhere between 500 and $1,400. Um, <laughs> which is why I turn to alternative methods. Um, to be fair, I've seen games that are that expensive or close to that expensive. Let me see how much this is because this is something I've always wanted that is still is expensive. This? Is it the, that whole control system for one of those Armored Core games? No. Well, that was for Front Mission, but... Oh, whatever. No, Giant robot game. From Ustashi on the PS1. Um, it's only like 300 no, It's only like 240 bucks. Yeah, not too bad. Um, but yeah, Cubivore. Love it. Fantastic. Excited to play more old games. Um, but it's also currently... I think it's what it's called, right? Steam Next? It's called Steam Next? Let me double check. Oh, I think it's over, so I don't know if I can actually see that anymore. Oh, no, no. Next Fest. Steam Next Fest. Um, Next Fest. It's a celebration of upcoming games. A shit ton. And I mean a shit ton of games. Um, demos and everything. Uh, you know me. I only kind of focus on the stuff that I enjoy. Um, but a handful. These are the handful that I played and I enjoyed. And I'm excited for the full release. Uh, first one is... Little Gator Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little Gator Game is literally just like a low poly, right? I think that I, I don't know words. You, you're the game person. I just play them and enjoy them. Um, <laughs> but it kind of has the same similar style to a short hike, uh, if you've seen that. Um, but you're basically playing as a little brother, little gator, uh, who is at the park with his sister. Sisters there promise they're gonna hang out and play, but she's really focused on some schoolwork. And uh, he decides, along with his friends, he's gonna have the most fun and show off in front of her, so she will want to play again. Um, and like as you're playing, you're just—it's fun little like uh, kids Zelda y almost. Um, mm. But as you play through, you you can like see again kind of zelda thanks to breath of the wild but you can see your past with your sister uh talking about how like she loves hanging out with you how she promised she'll she'll do this every every like forever i can't remember if it's every day i don't think it's every day that's a little bit too much um uh but it's kind of a heartbreaking game intro kind of thing for that um and you beat the demo because it's like a demo island um you beat the demo, and the sister's like, you know what? You're right. I'm not really focused on you playing. I'm not really helping, having fun with you. Or not, like, being fun with you. So I'm just going to leave. Instead of yeah. being like, let me stop what I'm doing. She's like, you know what? I'm I'm distracting. Let me leave. Oh, wow, fuck. Uh, <laughs> and then that's where it kind of cuts off to be like, hey, and more in the future. Um, so I'm excited for that. It's cute. It's gonna make people cry um but i highly recommend it. these are every single game that i'm talking about i've added to my wish list too um because wishless games even if they're years old years away wishless games it is really good for the game um especially indie games uh next up was a little to the left which is literally just a puzzle game where you have to straighten up and organize different levels 
Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just organizing pencils by length. Uh, one of the levels is literally just organizing a junk drawer, making sure everything is put in its place. Um, as it progressed, you hit a point where you have a cat who's trying to swipe at the shit and knocking everything around. Uh, so, you know, real life experience there. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just a relaxing, calm, kind of little, like, zone out and organize shit kind of game. Puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just need to zone out, I highly recommend it. Demo, I, I'm not sure if these demos just end tomorrow, because uh, the next fest is running until uh, the 28th at 10 a.m. Pacific. Because um, mm. sometimes I know they, they do limited demo things. Like, uh, that Tunic demo was only available for a weekend or something like that. I'm mad because I missed out on it. Um, that's been on my fucking wish list for four years at this point, I feel like. Um, mm. Next up, though, uh, was Tower Princess, which is, the best way to describe it is 3D Rogue Legacy. Mm. Uh, every time you go into the castle, you have a set stat that you go in you can level up that stat as you're running through the castle it is procedurally generated randomized every single fucking time um there are bosses that hey if this boss is beating you guess what that just means you have to level up your skills um and just rerun the same rerun the dungeon over and over and over again until you win um which i love i really enjoyed it uh, I feel like it is an early, it is I think an early beta um, from I think what the demo was saying. It definitely looks like something that's going to be a lot of fun, uh, even though I suck at it. Um, like I, I love Rogue Legacy, I suck at Rogue Legacy. Um, I just don't take the time to dedicate to it. I think, um, but I highly recommend that. Uh, next up is Ko the Kangaroo, mm-hmm. which I saw it. The name sounded familiar. I played it. It's cute. Um, depending on how much it is, in all honesty, I hate to say it that way, but depending on the price of it, I may get it right away. Uh, it's a mascot platformer, basically. Um, which, I love those games. I Fucking Banjo-Kazooie is still fantastic. Uh, speaking of that, when it goes comes to those... Uh, the retro games, I got... Glover, because of that. I love those kind of fun, stupid platform games with the most random creatures. Um, hell, even fucking Gex. Everybody loves Gex, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not outdated references in a game even when it was released. Um, I played the shit out of Gex 3 and didn't understand any of the references at the time. So. And you still laughed, <laughs> didn't you? Uh, but turns out that this game is actually an old school I think it was PlayStation game. Um, that this is now the first game that has come out since like 2003. Because uh, it's like a, a reboot for the series. And I guess it made sense because the name of the game sounded familiar. Um, but I don't know. It, it's fun. It's cute. Uh, it's probably my least favorite of, of, of the list that I have here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why I put it in this order because I want to talk about that next one last. Uh, Tinykins, another platformer. Um, this one's kind of got a uh, Pikmin-y kind of style to it. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's it's 2D character art with a 3D world. Um, this is 
definitely one of my favorite games that I played. I've actually played through the 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 uh, demo two or three times now, um, but mostly because there's glitches in it, and I kind of wanted to try and recreate the glitches so I could say, hey, this is what happened, blah, 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 blah. I've actually, I think I joined their Discord so I could talk to them about, like, feedback and shit. Um, but, it, yeah, really fun uh, platformer. Um, you basically crash land on an on a planet i guess but you're super small and it's like a normal like think of like your bedroom think of toy story almost where you're your little toy dude going around a giant massive world inside of a bedroom um so you're interacting with bugs and these creatures that the bugs know exist but have no control over are the tinykins and for some reason they listen to you um so you're basically collecting them. There are different types. Some can explode and destroy things because they're strong. Um, and then they have the base ones that just carry things. Um, but it's really fun. A whole bunch of side missions, even in the, the demo itself. It's a good bit of content just in the demo alone. Uh, but that is definitely one of the high, the on my highest list of uh, excited games for, I believe it is coming out this year. Um, and the last one... Every single motherfucker in the world is going to love the shit out of this game. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're... I'm lying to you. You're going to love this. I'm going to make you love this. Um, I love fast-paced, like, platformy shooter games. Uh, there was a game recently... Was it a year or two ago? Fuck, what the hell was the name of that goddamn game? Oh, I can't remember. Something Runner, maybe? I don't remember. Hmm. I hate when I can't remember. I know. That's the worst part, because you don't play these games. I play these games. These are my kind of games. And I can't remember the name of the fucking game. There's Mag Runner. That's not it. But I know it's close to... Um, whatever. Fuck. I'll remember it later. Similar in the way of, like, boom, boom, boom. You you did this fast. You did this correctly. You shot the things in the right order. Um, mm -hmm. You found the secret path kind of thing. Um... You're basically, you died, your mission now is to help cleanse the world of demons. Um, and you do that through short burst levels where you have to get to the end as fast as you can, kill everything as fast as you can, um, and use a plethora of different weapons with special abilities, which are handled as cards, uh, which is funny because I hate everything else that's card-related game-wise. Um, mm -hmm. But this game is fast-paced, really fun. Um, it, what I didn't expect initially, because you know me, I skip dialogue, I skip story as much as possible. Uh, I had a moment of downtime while I was playing on stream the other night that I found out that there was some really good dialogue. And also, your main character is voiced by Steve Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit, I'm Spike Spiegel. I'm going to love the shit out of this game. Uh, not only that, one of the other main characters... I haven't looked up everybody. Um, some of the other ones sound familiar, but one of the other um, side characters is voiced by... Uh, oh, I can't remember his last name, but the creator of OKKO. Um, mm. If you heard his voice, you would recognize him from many animated things. Um he was a big part of uh, Steven Universe as well. Uh, but between the writing, 
the the voice acting in the gameplay fucking the gameplay above all um I am so fucking excited for this game. I think I'm more excited for this game, the full release of this game, than fucking Zelda at this point. Uh, and you know that's like the the game for me this year, if it fucking mm-hmm. comes out. Um, but no, I uh, I really hope that this gets big. People love it. It gets all the love and attention it deserves. Um, it has in a built-in rate. It has a built-in rating system. Uh, for when you're like, you know, you got silver, you got gold, bronze, whatever, um, platinum, uh, you need certain levels in that to progress through the game. I went ahead and in that first section of the game, I replayed every level up to platinum, which is not something I normally do. Um, but I was having so much fun with it. I'm like, I'm going to fucking do this. This is great. Uh, you actually get to a point once you get up to, I think gold, uh, the level will show you like hints of the paths to take the best way to go around and everything. Um, which I think is really cool. Cause there are certain things like you go into a world and there's just so much to look at. And like, you can be like, Oh, could I make that jump? Can I make the, I actually, there was one, one of the levels that I got a platinum on when I got, to, when I went back through to get like one of the hidden secrets, um, there was a hint and it told me to do a thing that I did on my first run anyway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the fuck out of that game, and I'm super excited for whenever that comes out. Uh, so yeah, definitely check out Neon F- Fuck. I never mentioned the name, did I? <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm having flashbacks. I feel like I've talked about this game before. Neon White. Whatever. All I know is that it looks great. Highly recommend. Check it out. Um, it is from... Angel, hold on. I just looked this up the other day. Angel Matrix is the developer. Um, But it was created, the main creator... The reason why I was... I need to find that, because there is a specific game that they made that I was also... Like, oh, wait a minute, I know this person, blah, 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 blah. And now my mind is blanking on it. All I know is that people that are involved with this, with this game have worked on a lot of things that I love, um, including OKKO and Infinity Train. Um, mm-hmm. But there's there was a specific game. Oh, I'm so mad right now. <laughs> it's being published by Anna Perinina or Anna Perna Perna Perinina, mm-hmm. not Anna Karenina. Um which, I mean, they have incredible games in general. I don't, I mean, what is... Oh, Ben Esposito, that's his name. Ooh, Cooper, you good? Yeah? He needs loves. Um, yeah, Ben Esposito, he's done. Donut Cunt County. Uh, Donut Cunty. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely almost said that instead. Um, oh, Tattletale, the horror game. I fucking forgot. That's the game that I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, worked on Donut County, Tattletale, What Remains of Edith Finch. If you haven't played What Remains of Edith Finch or Unfinished Swan, highly recommend. Both games are fantastic. Um, mm. Even though they're basically... Well, What Remains is more of a walking simulator than Unfinished Swan, but still. Uh, also, if you've ever seen it, he also worked on Sonic Dreams Collection. Mm. Uh, Sonic Dreams Collection is a collection of weird, weird fucking Sonic games. Um, 
none of them good. It's like horrible on purpose kind of games, like fucked up and weird kind of shit, right, Cooper? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend checking out one him in general, Ben Esposito in general. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely one hundred thousand fucking percent check out uh, Neon White, either demo or when it comes out. Um, yeah, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Nate, you are very out of camera, out of frame now. Sorry. <laughs> I was leaning. <laughs> so, we, we, you got some stuff you got to talk about here, huh? No games, because yes. all you play is Rust anymore. Pretty much. Um, well, no, we've got some things we've been watching. Most of this is anime or manga related. Yeah, I didn't know um, what these two were, so I didn't say any. I didn't put the A or M, because I didn't know what yeah. these first two were. Well, the first one is in anime and manga but I've only watched the anime of it. Um, so, Worlds and Harem um, is an interesting and basically another borderline hentai. <laughs> um, so, it was actually released on Funimation, and so the way they do the censoring for it is basically they just put Missing No in front of all the boobies. <laughs> oh, I heard about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but the premise of, from what I heard, it wasn't Funimation that did this. It was the actual creator that, when they was, made the the uh, yeah. the censored version, they really just went eh, pixels. Yeah, they they definitely did. There's both censored and uncensored versions of this anime. Um, but the premise of it is it's not necessarily super unique, but I thought it was interesting. It's basically a "what if you were the last man on earth" kind of deal. Um, so. This guy, he's this guy Reito. He's like this brilliant medical student and all this stuff like that. Turns out he develops a disease called cellular sclerosis. Um, now this is in sort of a near future setting. So what they do is they put him in a cryo sleep until a cure is made for this disease. They tell him it's going to be about five years until they can cure the disease. They have like super advanced medical AI who help the researchers figure out cures for diseases and stuff like this. So there's like no problem in curing just about any illness that people get infected with. Um, he wakes up in five years and finds out that basically all the men in the world are dead. (laughs) Um, there was a new virus that infected the world while he was asleep called the MK virus, literally the male killer virus, they call it. Um, and it has wiped out basically all men on the planet, except for the few who are left in cryo sleep and mysteriously, the few people who have developed the same disease that he had, the cellular cirrhosis. So he wakes up and he's basically told like, hey, your job right now is to mate with as many women as possible so we can hopefully develop children who are immune to this disease, develop male children who are immune to the disease. I just read the synopsis. (laughs) Yeah. So I think sort of the great part about it though is you would expect this to be just from hearing the premise alone you expect this to be like pure wish fulfillment kind of anime nerdy kid gets to sleep with a bunch of hot women game over at that point right but it's not because reito refuses to do this before he went into sleep he basically promised like his colleague his partner his fellow student that he was going to that they were going to wait for each other until he woke back up um because he fell in love with her and told her right before he went into cryo sleep. Um, 
now mysteriously enough she's vanished from the world basically she's out hiding doing her own mysterious thing you do get glimpses of her in certain scenes oh. not really known why she went into hiding or anything like that it's assumed that she went into hiding because she discovered that the mk virus is not natural it was actually man-made and someone purposefully released this virus um that's a little bit spoiler territory but wow the the great part of it is you do get other male characters in the show who waking up. One of them is just like a playboy who does sleep with a lot of women, but he eventually gets bored of that. He's like, is this just going to be the same thing like every day? <laughs> um, and you have another character who's was bullied throughout his entire time in school, and sort of the organizing body of this world now is trying to see if they can inspire some confidence on him by getting him to hook up with other women, which. He's, I think he's only had sex with two women in the whole show. Um, so each male character introduced to it is very different and unique in their approach to being born into this world where basically they've got free reign to mate with whoever they want. <laughs> um, but they're also sort of like rats in a cage. They're not really allowed to go out. They're not really allowed to interact with a bunch of people or anything like that because, one, they don't know how immune to the male killer virus they actually are. And two, because anytime they do go out in public, it's like mass hysteria. Like, every straight woman on the planet wants to mate with these people because if they do have a child, they're basically set up for life. They're taken care of by the ruling body of this world. Um, so, it's got a unique premise. It is a very horny anime, of course. I mean, but if you can, if you can curb the horniness, it may be worth a watch. It's not amazing from a technical pr perspective, it's a lot of people walking around and talking. There's not big action scenes or fluid set pieces or anything like that. It's like averaged here as far as animation is concerned, but I'm just in it for the story now. I mean, for I just plot. want to see... You're there for the plot. Yeah. Yes, for the plot. Mm -hmm. By plot, I mean big old titties. Um, but... <sighs> in uh, but two, from what I'm seeing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> moving on, Nanashi, who created... Uh, don't believe me, Nagatoro. They reached chapter 100 in the manga, and leading up to that chapter were three really, really good chapters. Um, I won't spoil it, but Nanashi did the worst thing he could possibly do, which in the next chapter, 101, he just kneecaps that entire plot thread. <laughs> just doesn't continue it, moves on to the next day as if nothing had happened. And a whole new plot thread is being set up now. Um, I mean, it gets it's to the point where the characters don't even mention it. They don't act like it happened. Nothing continues from that plot chain. <laughs> and I'm in a Discord where all we do is talk about the manga a bunch, the manga and the anime, and stuff surrounding it. And everyone was highly disappointed with the new chapter. It's not that Nanashi does bad work, but the worst thing you can do as a writer is set up like a very, very juicy plot line and just cut it off at the knees and not continue it at all. Yeah. We're hoping that eventually it gets picked up with this new plot thread that is going on, that they mention it in some way, or it leads to some connection between the two main characters, but nobody really knows. Um, so all around it was just, it was fairly disappointing, and I was just a little upset with the artist. Who knows where he's going to go from here. Um, and then there's some things that you have listed here for manga. So. Yeah, um, I couldn't remember if you'd seen anything else. Uh, so I'll just go through the manga stuff first. I uh, haven't watched any, but I started reading um, to your inter to your eternity, and 
it isn't grabbing me as much as I hoped it would. Um, cause it very, it falls into a lot of the kind of stuff that I like to read. Uh, okay. but it just kind of didn't get its hooks into me. Like, um, a lot of very similar series have, uh, yeah. I can understand why people like it. And I might try and go back and read more. Um, at, at the point I was, uh, I can't remember the character's name. I was just going to say Orb. Um, Fushi. Fushi. Okay. Whatever. Um, was traveling with, met up and started traveling with the old woman. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not that far at all from, I think, how far the, the manga, the anime gets into it. Um, but it really was just kind of like, eh. Uh, there mm-hmm. are moments of it. I'm like, okay, cool. I like this. But then like, certain elements got introduced pretty soon that I was very much like, I don't really. Mm-hmm. It felt very much, as dumb as it sounds, it felt like Deviance. Deviance from uh, fucking Eternals. Yeah. Um, except the Eternal hadn't reached its form to be able to combat the Deviance yet. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, there's a boy that had alcohol in its stomach. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking hell. Um but yeah, it, it just didn't grab me, so I ended up switching over and uh, decided to read Demon Slayer. Um, mm-hmm. You obviously you have on here that you have watched the last arc, the Entertainment District arc, um, yep. and I specifically said no spoilers because that is where I have currently gotten up to. Uh, I am. I just finished Volume Nine. Uh, I have not started volume 10 yet i know i am on volume 10 um but i i forgot how much i love this show or this series mm-hmm. excuse me um because in all honesty because i i read through not much is different in the manga compared to the anime um the so in the anime did they go over tanjiro going to see rengoku's family yes okay good um that takes up most of the first part of this arc. Okay, cool. Well, because it... They... Oh, really? Wow. Um... Because I know they they did the the train as a... Mm-hmm. They broke it down into episodes, too, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. They broke down Mugen Train into different episodes, which, I mean, if you watch the movie, watching the episodes is honestly not worth it. Yeah, I, I heard that it doesn't add enough. It, it's got a little bit here and there, but overall it's not much. Um, I did, when reading, I got to um, Rengoku spoilers, sorry, I guess movie's been out and the series is, season is done. Um, Rengoku's death. Uh, mm-hmm. Still fucking cried. Um, but then I got to Tanjiro with the family. Fucking goddamn. That la- the, the scene... Where he's gone, he the mm-hmm. dad kicks the younger brother out of the room, and he just starts sobbing. Um, that fucking hit. Uh, yeah. Man, just, I've had a lot of anime where it's just been hitting emotionally lately. I don't know why. Um, anime and manga. But speaking of which, I'll finish the Demon Slayer real quick. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I think it's great. I'm excited to see i because i'll probably i'm planning on reading the entire thing and then just going back and watching certain scenes um Mm kind of like what i've done with fucking naruto in one piece um because i can't i can't stand those shows i love the material naruto less but love the material overall um 
This one, the reason why I want to see it is because the animation of that show is fucking incredible. Uh, well, does that's it f- mostly what I was going to say about the, the arc as far as anime is concerned. No spoilers at all, but mm-hmm. there are some very intense fight scenes that happen on this arc, yeah. and Ufotable is... I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. Drugs. They're doing like, drugs. <laughs> it's got to be drugs because the level of animation that they can put into these fight scenes. I mean, translating that from manga onto a screen is already hard enough. But to do it in the way Ufotable does it, whoever they have as a director on the series, whoever they have as a lead animator on the series, whoever is putting together these action sequences and moving the camera around so perfectly that. Everything can be so fast-paced, but you're still able to keep track of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's exciting and thrilling the entire time you're watching. And the main characters feel like they're in real danger. And the demons also feel like they're in real danger. Like, it's just, it's fucking mind-blowing. Like, it. I went back and watched one of the major fight scenes like three times. Just to get it all into my brain and process it. (laughs) I'm like, it, it's... I mean, I, I don't know what to say. It's it's overkill in the best possible way. They have wasted... They've left absolutely nothing on the table when it comes to animating this show. And it really just comes through on the screen and hits you in a way that other shows don't. A lot of people like to use the term Sakuga when something on the, something on the screen is very fluidly animated and looks really good, but... When you have a show that can put together Sakuga, and this is a short arc episode-wise for the anime. Yeah. When you can have them put that together consistently, episode to episode, that shows that real work was put into making this show. That the people who making it really, really care about their craft and what they're trying to portray on the screen. Because... Honestly, they can make really generic, shitty action scenes for this show, and I'm sure people would still watch it. But they're going more than above and beyond this time. I mean, they've hit, like, the cream of the crop of action animes for a relatively new studio. Did you watch, um, did you watch, sorry, my mind's blanking on it, the movie? Did you see the movie in theaters? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, no, I didn't see it in theaters. I watched it on animation. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, even the action sequences in that were amazing, let alone. I mean, Rengoku just running through a train and smacking down demons left and right, like, yeah. that's that's cool in of itself. Zenitsu using his one and only form to literally just speed through the entire length of the train. Not <laughs> even while awake. Amazing. Yes. Um, no, I mean, I I don't know what to say. I, I have one of my friends who will not watch Demon Slayer because he does not like Zenitsu at all. Like, he just finds him irritating and insufferable and i get that i mean zanitsu is a whiny bitch most of the time <laughs> but yeah but it's made up by um yes. this show's best boy and uh pretty angry boy um yes <laughs> anosuke is is a fucking treat i mean everything he does <laughs> so every good. time he speaks i mean and the great thing about this arc is it shows that anosuke is not just like this dumb like guy who goes out and just looks for a fight he actually has he actually does the kind of things demon slayer is able to do he's able to investigate a situation and then when he discovers the source of the problem he knows how to go after it yeah the the last thing that i saw and this is i guess technically spoilery for the um 
the season itself. Uh, but it was him going into a hole, find, going through the hole, like drilling him, his way through, basically, um, and then fighting the... Uh, I, I, in my mind, I want to call it a stand. Because um, <laughs> it really is like... The, the the main demon of this arc mm -hmm. basically has a stand almost where her yes. ability is trapping people within her cloth um mm -hmm. and just him fight going in and fighting and cutting his way through without hurting anybody or cutting yeah. the people around him i like i'm like oh yeah he's he's fucking stupid but also brilliant at doing what he's he's good at kind of thing oh, yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. I mean, even to be a demon slayer, I mean, everyone remembers the training arc from, like, season one. Like, you've got to be a top-tier fucking swordsman yeah. <laughs> to be a demon slayer. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm i glad that they gave some more depth to his character overall. Because most of the time, I mean, he is just a loud, angry guy looking for a fight. But With a pretty face. Now we understand that he knows what his job is, and he can calm himself down enough to do it well when the time is appropriate. <laughs> I also was not expecting the, the fucking rats. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, all in all, I mean, if you haven't watched this season of Demon Slayer, the next season is a, is a long, long time off. You've got plenty of time to sit down and just enjoy what's shown on the screen to you. It will, at certain points, it'll just melt your fucking brain what you're watching. Like. I wonder how far <laughs> off it is. It, it's pretty far. Oh, yeah, they, okay, so they announced it literally on the 13th. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, oh, that's it, right. It, they showed off the two next, the two next Hashira. Is that how? It's, what is it? Yeah, yeah. Hashira. Uh, that are going to be focused on. So I'm excited for that. Again, but, I'm going to get to it before you do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, even through the anime arc, I mean, you get some more. You don't really get explicitly told information about Tanjiro's real power, but you get to see it on display. Um, you also get to see Nezuko's real power on display. Yeah, that I have had spoiled for me, but that was also kind of played into um, one of our discussions from last week about uh, over-sexualized children in anime. Let's just say, I need I need Nezuko in a FIFA game, is what I need. <laughs> <laughs> that has been her thing the entire series, though. She fucking kicks she better kicks than anybody I've ever seen in any show ever. There are shots of this fight, and I'm not going to spoil what happens during the fight, but there are shots of this fight where you're like, she could have thrown a punch there. Nope. All leg. All the time. <laughs> I want to see... Now Now I just need to see Nezuko fight Sanji. Because Sanji... Yeah. I don't know. Do you... I can't remember. Have you ever... Did you watch One Piece growing up at all? No. No? Okay. Do you at least know about the fact that he does not use his hands for anything except yes. for cooking? Okay. Yes. Um, but... Yeah, I'd love to I see that know. fight. Demon Slayer is a fucking treat through and through, whether it be in manga or anime form. I mean, I'm sorry, the people who made this happen really have a passion for the craft and really pour their heart and soul into what they're making. And I think Ufotable really has a chance here to go the distance with a full manga series and make a full anime to match it. Yeah. Um, I would say, it. I feel like right now the two, um, I won't keep wanting to say developers, but uh, c production companies when it comes to anime that people fucking love right now are uh, UFOtable and MAPPA. Mm -hmm. Fucking both of them people have been nonstop praising the animation style and the the um, the, the like uh, just it, it looks better than almost anything else that's out there right now. Yeah. Well 
Your foldable and mob are great in their own right. Wit Studios is finally coming into their own. Um, and Studio Bones, who is currently working on My Dress Up Darling. I just watched the latest episode of that today. Yeah, I watched I, uh, I watched the first three episodes of that. Um, mm -hmm. I think the first three. Because I, I kind of um, have been trying to multitask because I don't have as much time to do as everything like I used to. Um, so I haven't really been able to watch any subbed except mm -hmm. for the last thing that I'm about to talk about. Um, but I watched the first three episodes that are dubbed, uh, and I really like it. I, I think it's a really good show. It's a lot less how you were describing it. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, very horny. Yeah, very horny. Um, but it, a, a lot of people that I follow have also been watching it and are big fans and even um, talking about how it is very similar to their their journey into cosplay and everything where they started out not knowing what the fuck they were doing uh which is one of my favorite jokes in the beginning um one of the producers actually had sat down with several cosplayers doing just research for the show but also sat down with one of the most prominent hina doll makers in japan um in production for the show and just preparation for the show as well so both the Hina doll making aspect and the cosplay aspect are both focused on in a very accurate way in this anime. Um, I just watched a review by Mother's Basement, who is engaged to a rather famous cosplayer as well, and he's like, Marin basically is my wife <laughs> in this show. Um, <laughs> like, everything that we've gone through at conventions with her cosplaying and me basically being her caddy, like, that was perfectly portrayed in, like, the fourth episode of the show. So, mm -hmm. um... No, it's it's really, really good. It's probably up there with one of the top-tier rom-coms. It's certainly no Hori Mia, but it's definitely <laughs> somewhere up there with it. Of course, down for um, me, you got Hori Mia, and then fucking Komi can't communicate. <laughs> I fuck. Yeah, God damn, this show's so good. But, um... No, I... Fuck it. I mean, if you haven't watched it yet, Bones is putting a lot of work in just animating this. The last episode I watched, I mean, even mundane things, like characters walking, are animated in a way that makes it feel natural. So it doesn't even look like you would expect to in an anime. Like, the characters have weight to them. The characters have momentum. Mm -hmm. um, you know, their facial expressions are amazingly detailed. Um, and you've got to think about how much that takes just to animate on paper. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a lot of work going into something being released weekly at this point. Yeah. Um, beyond that, uh, just going back to your eternity real quick, I did watch all that's out of that anime. And I have to agree with you. It's not really as gripping as people led me to believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, you seemed really into tale. it at first, but I feel like you well, dropped off talking about it, too. Yeah, I mean, it's an emotional tale and all that, but what robs me of that is sort of this contrived introduction of basically a shonen battle trope into the series. You know, mysterious creatures who can steal his powers and crap like that. Like, mm -hmm. I get that you may want to sprinkle some action in there here and there, but I'd rather be the action between the people in the show, the actual characters, than just some, this mysterious entity that nobody knows anything about. Because, really, the theme of the show is how this immortal figure grows and learns through his interaction with people in the world around him. Not this mysterious basically blob of gunk that can possess things yeah <laughs> um yeah like when you go when it starts off and you've got him turning into the wolf and then dealing with the kid 
that dies alongside of him, or alongside of him, yeah, um, and then he holds that form as his main form, that shit, I was all for, I'm like, this, this I get, I understand why people are into this, and then it started getting into the, here's a thing that can take everything from you, we didn't tell you about this, you just have to deal with it now, I'm like, that's not what I was in here for, I was in here for the connections that he makes, and like, learning and, and becoming more human, and understanding the world around him kind of thing, Exactly, and then it's like, nope, you have to not be eaten by vine people. Um, so yeah. it was. I'm sorry that I, I mean, it's it's the creator's own work, and I have to respect that. Mm-hmm. But as a critic, I can say that that element of the story is just not needed. Yeah, you can leave a whole lot more room for the in-depth interactions he has with other people, and if you want to have fight scenes have them be between the people in the actual characters in the show. Yeah. Um, I would figure if you want to make it simple, make it as simple as, okay, people know that he's immortal at this point. People know that he functionally cannot die. Um, so take that and run with it all the way up to the modern age that the manga eventually ends in where people are trying to find out some people are going to want to be immortal. Like that's just a given. <laughs> so have that be where the conflict lies. And move forward from there, but who knows? I mean, it's it's a good show in its own right, but it has the potential to be great. It's just simply not at this point. Yeah. Speaking of things that, in my opinion, are pretty great, um, I went into this show, no no clue anything about it. Um, I knew it was supposed to be kind of a rom commy kind of thing to a certain extent. Uh, mm-hmm. Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, which, from the title, sounds like a Nate-ass show. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I love this show regardless. <laughs> uh, have you watched this at all? Yes, I've watched it all. Okay, so I didn't know that. Um, I have been watching it. I don't know if it's dubbed anywhere, but I know it is, it's subbed currently on Netflix. Um, I watched the first arc, which... Again, going into the show, I had no idea what to expect. I did not know this was a sci-fi show in any way. Kind um, of, yeah. Kinda. The girl fucking exists or di- disappears from existence. Um, well, and from it, what I've seen and from what I read of the next episode, it doesn't stop being weird sci-fi kind of stuff. Um, it doesn't because they play on this theme over and over again. They experience this puberty syndrome. Mm-hmm. Which causes these very strange supernatural events to happen to people. <laughs> uh, and from what I saw, the I, I didn't watch the fourth. I started the fourth episode, but uh, I backed out, saw the description, and it looks like it's a time loop episode. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm glad. that. Uh, tell me this. Does it only last one episode? The time loop thing? I think it's... Is one it? episode, maybe like one and a half. One and a half, okay. Because uh, I don't, I, I know there's only 12 or 13 episodes of the season. I don't want to get into another fucking situation like, um, what is it? Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumaki, where mm. there's a nine episode arc that is literally the same time loop for nine fucking episodes. Mm. Um, and little things change, and you learn little things throughout it, but it's just way too much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that show could have been so much better if you didn't do that. I'm sorry. Um, but I really enjoy 
just the the characters in this, the fact that it is very much like it, it's funny that I say it is a very neat ass show actually, because um, the younger character, uh, the younger guy character, is very like blunt um, when it comes to like sexual com- comments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the older character is just very shy about it all, even though she kind of tries to play with it. But then she's like, wait, no, I don't want to make these jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I just the fact that I I was just expecting to go in as like another slice of life thing. And it in the first episode or the first arc, it's like, hey, Schrodinger's cat, but with a girl. And if people aren't observing her, does she exist? And then she doesn't exist. And then when he forgets her, I was fucking crying. Um <laughs> I'm like, please bring her back. This is because, like, there was, and that's why I think I tweeted being like, this arc on its own could have been it. They could have put out a movie of this, and it would have been amazing. Um, yeah. So I'm like, I need to watch the rest of this, and I, I don't. There's no more after that, right? Do they? Is it in any way extended beyond that in like manga or anything? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, the anime is 13 episodes long, and that's. That's basically it. Yeah. The light novel itself. Fucking light novels. I'm never going to read a goddamn light novel. Is 11 volumes long, and the manga only has six volumes out currently. Oh, it's still Um, going. Yeah. So the fifth volume was released in December of 2020, but I don't see a release date for the sixth volume at all. Yes, because it's. uh... No, Rascal Does Not Dream of Logical Witch 1 and 2. So these are different ones. So we have Bunny Girl Senpai 1 and 2, 1 and 2, Petite uh, Double Kohai 1 and 2, and then Logical Witch 1 and 2. Okay. So the manga and the light novel are titled differently. Um, You have, like, the light novel, the fourth volume is Does Not Dream of Siskon Idol. Well, that's because they've gotten further. um, Mm -hmm. Because it is Bunny Girl, Petite Devil, and then Logical Witch... They they just haven't adapted it all in the manga, um, which I fucking hate that shit. I well, the anime just uses completely unique titles from the light novel and manga. So mm-hmm. yeah, I wonder if oh an anime film adaptation was announced. Mm. Ad- adapts the series sixth and seventh volumes. Wait, what? Of the wait, what of the manga or the. Light novels, light novels. See, this is the thing. Like, cause I ran into this with, um, and it's been happening more. But it ran. I ran into this with the uh, Spider Show, um, where the the manga. I only read manga. I'm not gonna read fucking light novels, um, <laughs> cause it's just it's it's. I it's don't. Mangas with words. Mm. It, it, well, I mean, manga has words, but it's less manga. There's not that manga much. More words. There's there's not much. Um, artwork in them, right? Isn't it majority just yeah. straight up book? It's um, majority book. I mean, yeah. The and I have no problem with light that. Novel is literally just a novel which is light on reading. I yeah. Mean, it's, I just, instead of reading a full length book, you're reading basically small chapters. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the the thing that I like about Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai is that each of the sort of supernatural things that happens to the characters is usually related to some kind of trauma they're going through in their adolescence. Mm-hmm. 
um, the entire thing about uh, just talk about the first one. Do not talk about anything else. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> Sakurajima. The reason that she can't be seen is she's an actress and she's dealing with the pressure that comes from basically being famous. Um, she's got a very, very sort of tense lifestyle because she's certain things are expected of her as an actress and as a high school student. And so the way that this adolescent syndrome decides to basically deal with that is more or less making her invisible. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, it starts off small and then it gets to the point that yeah. no, well, obviously no one remembers her, but the, that moment when her mom just walks by her on the mm-hmm. beach is like, fuck man. Yeah. So. so it goes from her basically being invisible to people just forgetting she exists, period. Um, and so it's this sort of thing where it's almost like a monkey paws kind of thing where you're wishing for something to happen. And of course the finger curls and it's taken to its complete extreme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's like, okay, you wait, like she's wishing people wouldn't always put pressure on her. And then it comes to the point where, okay, well, nobody even acknowledges your existence, so no one can put pressure on you, period. Yeah. Yeah, but I highly recommend, I, you know, if you want a good cry, if you want a good laugh, there's some good laughs. Um, but yeah, we've we've been going longer than we have. We've been trying to cut these down, but, like, man, we're bad at that. There's just so much shit that we'll talk about. We don't talk enough. We need to talk more in the, during the week, so we don't have to talk about all of it during the podcast. Um, but anyway... Do you have anything before I? No, I think we're I think we're ready to wrap. All right. <laughs> um, as always, if you like hearing our lovely voices or seeing our lovely faces, even though one of them is a little less hairy than usual, um, follow us on all the social media. I can't talk today. <laughs> follow us on all the social media. Just search Space Time Taco. Not Taco. You could. It'll eventually bring you to us. Um, if you want to find me, search Tom Loburito. If you want to find him, search a little teapot. Which I'm not going to point to this time because I always fuck that up. Just go like this. <laughs> nope, you already <laughs> fucked it up. Yeah, you're, I don't know how. You got because you're doing you're doing it at the camera no, or at the screen, not the camera, aren't you? There's six inches between me and the screen right now. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, normally, I say go inside and play video games. I'm still going to say go inside and play video games. Uh, but I'd also like to leave you with the words of Greg Miller from this year's Dice Awards. Uh, fuck Bobby Kotick. <laughs>